Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hardman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, here with you for another episode of the Steelers Burning Question. If you just might happen to have stumbled upon this show in some way, shape, or form, maybe it's on YouTube. We are on YouTube. You can find us at BTSC Steelers Radio, or maybe you're listening in audio podcast form, which is anywhere that you get your podcasts. The Steelers Burning Question is a solo show that I do by myself, which essentially I take one topic and I dive into it, try to look at both sides of the story. I try to really make sure that I don't play a favorite to one side or the other. And I answer the question. Those that are watching live on YouTube, they always chime in in the live chat. So if you're watching live on YouTube, make sure you join in there. It's a lot of fun, a really good community there. Um, and we answer the question. This one's going to be a tough one this week. And it's because we're talking about Mike Tomlin, who is a very polarizing figure in and among the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base. And we're talking about the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers is an organization typically with two years remaining on their coach's contract will then extend their deal. It's, it's kind of the same thing that they do with players. They have rules. They kind of follow those rules to a T. For instance, they don't negotiate any player's contract unless they're in the last year of their contract, unless they're the quarterback. And that's true. They do that. They also don't negotiate contracts during the season. So once that, once week one arrives, they're not talking contracts with anybody. And there was a famous story about Troy Palomalu signing his contract. Uh, I think it was his first or second contract signing it in the airport as the team was getting ready to get on a plane and go to their week one game. So they hold true to these deadlines and these stipulations, and that includes their coaches. And so Mike Tomlin at this point in time is at the stage where he is due for a potential contract extension, which leads us to the Steelers burning question of this week, which is should the Steelers extend Mike Tomlin's contract? Now, the one thing you're not going to hear from me tonight and it's kind of the antithesis of what Lance does sometimes on his show. Yeah, I said it. You can check that out. He had a really good episode about fact or fiction for the 2019 Steelers aired today, which is Wednesday. You can check it out on all our podcast platforms, not here on YouTube yet. But big shout out to him. Happy birthday to Lance, by the way. He turned 49 years old. So make sure if you are on Twitter or whatever, make sure you wish him a happy birthday. Now, Lance loves to bring out stats. I know Dave Schofield is a huge stats guy. The one thing about statistics that I find is a gigantic caveat is that if you look hard enough, if you dig hard enough, you're going to find statistics that you can skew to help fit your narrative. Uh, whatever your narrative is, maybe your narrative for in, in this circumstance, in this situation is that Mike Tomlin should be gone, that you're not a Mike Tomlin fan. You don't think he's a very good coach. So what you do is you find stats like his record against sub 500 teams on the road or at home. And you say that this is the reason why uh, people that are pro Mike Tomlin, they look at things like winning percentage and stuff like that. Uh, it, people will look at how he said Ben Roethlisberger, his whole career. I'm not going to go into the stats. I'm just not. Um, it's just not right now. It's not my cup of tea. It's not something that I am too keen on in regards to this discussion. But the thing with Tomlin is that there is no middle ground. I'm sure there are some fans somewhere, some some way, shape, or form that are like, yeah, I like him, but there's some things I don't like. Most people are either staunch supporters or they're very, very against Mike Tomlin. 
And whatever reason is whatever reason. That's just the way that it is. You're either on one side of the fence or you're on the other side of the fence, period. And it can get ugly. If you check out the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com comment sections, for instance, uh, my Black and Gold Links article yesterday referenced a really good, I thought a very well-balanced, well-thought-out story by Dale Lolly of DKPittsburghSports.com where he talked about this. And this is kind of what kind of spawned this idea for me to talk about this in the podcast. And there were a lot of really good comments in the comment section, but the one thing that people always forget is to sometimes their own personal thoughts and feelings get get in there. They get in the way. Look, I get, I understand that, and Lance tells me this all the time, that we're the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the fan base accepts one thing, championships. I get it. But at the same time, the what you have to understand is that there's more to it than winning. I mean, Look at the how I mean, we're celebrating a hundred years of the National Football League, and the Steelers and the Patriots are tied with six Super Bowls. Six. And this isn't this isn't Major League Baseball where the Yankees have won like twenty eight World Series. Is it? It's not that. It's really difficult to win a Super Bowl. I don't care who, how much talent you have, and yes, have they underachieved? No one's going to debate that. But let's talk about some of the main point counterpoints that I found really interesting when I read Dale Lawley's article and I strongly recommend you check it out. And it's the, the a lot of people when they, they compare Mike Tomlin, they always want to look at Bill Cowher and they want to say, okay, well here's who they had prior and he won a Super Bowl and there's the always the Tomlin won with Cowher's players. Okay, so when he won his first Super Bowl, there were a lot of players, yeah, that were his players. And as Mike Tomlin always had Ben Roethlisberger, absolutely. But the funny thing is, is that, I, and I don't know this for a fact, but it's a good question. What do the New Orleans Saints fans think about Sean Payton? I don't hear a lot of bashing of Sean Payton. He's made some questionable decisions. He's lost some bad games. And he's had a franchise quarterback in Drew Brees his entire tenure in New Orleans, and he has only won one Super Bowl. He's only been to one Super Bowl, and the winning percentage in the postseason is worse than Mike Tomlin. These are the situations that I've I come I always kind of come back to. Does Mike Tomlin have his issues? Absolutely. Name me a coach that's not named Bill Belichick that doesn't have issues. I'll wait. I would be waiting for a long time because every coach does. Bill Belichick is by far, and I can't stand the guy. I can't stand the way he carries himself. I can't stand the way that he's so callous towards the media and the fan base. And he gets the job done. I don't, I'm not a fan of the way he does it. Nonetheless, he wins. And so it's, it's hard to argue against the fact that he's considered, if not the greatest coach of all time, one of the greatest coaches of all time. So outside of Bill Belichick, go ahead and run down the list of, of coaches. Now you look at the, the list because here's the, the another thing is not only about the contract extension, but how much are they getting paid? Mike Tomlin is averaging around $7 million a year, which is in the upper echelon. Uh, I believe Bill Belichick is about 12 and a half. And then you have guys like uh, Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton, um, uh, the Seattle Seahawks coach, which his name is escape me right now for whatever reason. I'll, I'll, I'll think of it in a second. I'm sure. Um, Rivera from Carolina, 
uh, Pete Carroll. There it is. Knew I'd think of it. Uh, they're all lumped in there together. And so they're all about seven and a half. Oh, I'm sorry. How could I forget John Gruden, who's now making, I think, 10 million a year. But that's the Raiders. That was a ridiculous move, but I digress. So you have a situation here where I think that a lot of people that are anti-Tomlin and a lot of people that are pro-Tomlin both need to think about this in, in, in some way, shape, or form. You want Tomlin gone. That's fine. It's your prerogative. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. But would you actually find someone that's better? Now, here's where the Tomlin haters or the, the anti-Tomlin crew, they always go back to one person. And it's always the guy that left for the Denver Broncos, and that's Mike Munchak. They'd say, yeah, we had the perfect coach. Mike Munchak would have been perfect. And I'm not saying that Mike Munchak wouldn't have been good. I don't know. He was mediocre when he was with the Tennessee Titans, I'll tell you that. But would he have been better? I don't know. No one knows. He's gone now. We'll never know. Uh, I, I think that it's funny because people always point to the new up-and-coming coaches, uh, whether it's Kyle Shanahan, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, all these new young uh, LaFleur, all these guys that are coming in, like, we need to find the next blah, blah, blah. People forget that in 2008, when the Baltimore Ravens hired Harbaugh, they wanted the next Mike Tomlin. That actually was said in meetings and when they were looking for their new coach after uh, Brian Billick was fired was, we want to find our Mike Tomlin. Yeah, people actually said that. He was a hot commodity. He was the guy that came in, was considered to be just another interview, and he blew their socks off, and he got the job. I think that when you look at this situation, again, I'm taking the statistics out of it. He has a great winning percentage. His winning percentage in the playoffs leaves a lot to be desired. He's won a lot of division titles. He has never had a losing season. We know all these stats. We know his stats against sub-500 teams are not is not good. We understand that he possibly could have floundered the most talented, or I don't know, floundered. He wasted possibly the most talented offensive team the Steelers have had under the, in the Ben Roethlisberger era for multiple years. We get that. But my question is, should they extend Mike Tomlin's contract? It's a simple yes, or it's a simple no. And if you're in the live chat, I'm sure that they're already talking about it. I haven't been able to pay attention as much as I normally do, but at the same time, you know, would you extend it if you were the Pittsburgh Steelers and would you, or would you say, you know what? No, I can make a case for either. I could say that, you know what? No, I'm not going to extend Mike Tomlin's contract. You know why? Because over the past few seasons, this team, this organization has been absolutely drugged through the mud. From every way, shape, or form, the public image has never been worse. The locker room seemed to be in disarray last year. And there's the faith in the program, the faith in the organization, the faith in you as a head coach, Mike Tomlin, is at an all-time low. And therefore, we're not going to give you an extension with two years remaining. We're going to take a wait-and-see approach. We're going to see how this year goes. Get back to the postseason. Win a couple games. We're going to take care of you. Don't. And now we're going to have some hard conversations at the end of the year. So I could make a case for that. And I would actually be okay with that. Personally, I'd be okay with that. I could also make a case for this. Mike Tomlin, 
You've been done great by this organization. You've brought us a Lombardi trophy. You've been to two Super Bowls. You've never had a losing season, and you've rebuilt the defense. And it might not be done yet, but you're rebuilding on the fly. Not a lot of teams can do that without having severe dips in their overall production. And when we talk about production, we're talking about winning and losing seasons, period. You didn't make the playoffs last year, but we have faith in you, Coach. We, we like the direction of the team. We're going to give you a two-year extension because we believe in you. Now turn that two-year extension into adding another extension onto that Lombardi trophy case upstairs at headquarters. We want you to bring one home. We have faith in you. I could be a case for that, too. So if I'm Art Rooney, I could see him doing both, to be honest with you. But no one has a pulse on what's going on inside that team, inside that organization now. And to be honest, it's tough to, to judge Tomlin now, considering the fact that we have no idea what this team is going to look like when it's so different than what it was in 2018. Think about it. Antonio Brown's gone. Le'Veon Bell wasn't there last year, but his distraction is gone. So Antonio Brown is not only a distraction, but he also is very productive. He's gone. And you look at the defensive side, you get Devin Bush. They trade up for him. He's supposed to be that guy that could fill the hole in the defense of, of Ryan Shazier. Uh, you hope that Steven Nelson could be another complimentary piece of the defense. A lot of people are projecting that this is the most complete defense that Tomlin has had to work with. And everyone knows that he's a defensive coach that it's the most complete defense he's had since those Super Bowl team in 2010. And that was a talented defense. That was the tail end of that, that defense's run. But that was a very talented defense when you think about all the different players from Aaron Smith to James Ferrier to Troy Palomalo to Ike Taylor, you name it. So I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying that they're the equivalent of that. But this might be the most complete defensive unit he's had since that time. Ultimately, what do I think they're going to do if I'm answering the question? I think they're going to give him an extension because I think that Art Rooney sees that all that's been going on, I think a lot of it is just the media has just made it look so bad. And you hear from people that are in the locker room, and they're not saying it wasn't bad, but that the locker room was never as bad as people projected it and thought it was. People actually blew it out of proportion. I know shock surprise. I can't believe it. So I think that, I think that the Steelers are going to do right by Tomlin and they're going to give him a two year contract. And the details of these coaching contracts are not released all the time because they don't have to release them. It doesn't count towards the salary cap. And then also it's not as if they can't just fire him whenever they want. So people that say, why would you give him an extension? Well, you give an extension to show that you have faith in him as a coach, but at the same time, if he flounders and he's, falls flat on his face, you can fire him to say, all right, that's enough. We've seen enough. Uh, we're done with this, you know, dog and pony show. We're out of here. It, it's possible. They wouldn't have to explain anything. You're not talking dead money on the salary cap, on the salary cap hit. It's just coach. Thanks for your time. Thanks for, you know, whatever the contract states, he would probably get some type of stipend. I guess if he were signed, let's say a, a contract extension that would pay him $8 million of average per year, there might be, he gets 8 million to walk. I don't know. I'm not sure how coaches' contracts are, are structured. That's not public knowledge. So, but if you're in the live chat, um, let me know. What do you think?
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Would you extend him or would you not extend him? Personally, I think that they are going to give him an extension. I think that they would understand the scrutiny, media scrutiny. They're trying to avoid that by all means necessary. They're trying to avoid the media scrutiny as much as possible. And if they don't give him an extension, when everyone, including myself and everyone that's listening to the show, knows that the Pittsburgh Steelers typically two years out give their coach an extension, if they don't do that, it's going to be red flag, red flag, red flag. And all of these people are saying, you know, find the steelcurtain.com, steelers.com, the athletic, DK Pittsburgh Sports, the Post Gazette, the Tribune Review, everyone will be writing articles saying, look what's about to go down. This is unprecedented. And so I think they're going to avoid that. I think they actually will. But a lot of people right now, um, see, let's hear um, Steelers fan 19 says that he wouldn't give him an extension. Um, Ali says that he would give at least a five-year extension in his honest opinion. Um, Russ says he strongly believes if we stay healthy, they can go all the way this year. It's Ron says Tomlin's current players play, uh, play hard for him. Listen to them. If Boswell makes a couple chip field goals, they make the playoffs last year. Look how well they played against the Patriots and Saints. Extend him. Um, Someone says uh, Tomlin deserves better than this conversation. Poor guy winning since day one. Sad topic. Donald, I mean, it's a topic of conversation. It's not necessarily sad. It doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, this is a topic. This is a hot-button topic, to be honest with you. And this is a topic a lot of people are talking about right now because, as Lance always tells me, you have to win Super Bowls in Pittsburgh. It's getting it's it's that way in the for that team up north that we talked about earlier with Bill Belichick as the coach. If they don't win a Super Bowl, that it's a failed season. And that's the way it's always been in Pittsburgh. And so I understand the scrutiny towards Tomlin. Um, I don't necessarily agree with all of it, but I do agree that he deserves some blame in this whole convoluted mess that we've been through these past three seasons. So okay, now is the time. If you want to continue to comment on this, I'm sure a lot of people will. You can. The live chat's open, and it's it's buzzing right now. Um, if you have another question, if you have a question about anything Steelers-related, by all means, you can use the Super Chat feature. What does that mean? Super Chat feature is at the bottom. If you're in the live chat where it says chat publicly, you can type in your question, hit the button on the right that looks like a little dollar sign, and you can put any amount of money into the tip jar. That's what I'm calling it now. Into the tip jar, and it will highlight your question, and you're guaranteed to have your question answered, period. So earlier today, our girl Felicia gave 10 bucks. We appreciate it. In the tip jar, wishing Lance Williams a happy birthday. I will be sure that he sees that, Felicia, and thanks you personally on our Sunday show, The Standard is a Standard. So right now, Snowman, $5 in the tip jar. We appreciate it. What if Mike Tomlin wins the Super Bowl this year? Do you give him more than a two-year extension? No, I, 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 I'm going to extend him before the season even starts if I'm making the decision. And so therefore, if he wins the Super Bowl, we already have him locked up because it would be an extension, not a new contract. So he would have this year, next year. So you basically, if he signs a two-year extension in my world, he's locked in for four years. So 
I, I think that that would be fine. And then you have him for two years, then you talk about renegotiating the contract again all over again. But I, I honestly would say, absolutely, uh, you give him an extension, but that's just me. If they win the Super Bowl this year, uh, it's just going to be awesome, period. Just going to be awesome. Um, Ron says, and this is a good point, if they extend Mike Tomlin's stability, that's what the Steelers are known for. Players know he's there. Everyone's focused, I agree. Um, question from Ali, should we extend Lance Williams so he can upgrade his internet? I got to be honest, the past few weeks, Lance's internet has been pretty good, and I'm not knocking on wood now, but it's been pretty good. It's getting better. He's been doing some, he's been trying his best out there in California. I don't know what kind of convoluted internet they have where he lives in the Bay area, but still he's doing his best. Um, Nightwolf says, Jeff, what do you guys do with the super chat donations? Well, we no, without getting into details, uh, it goes into an account. Uh, once we hit a certain threshold, that money comes to us. And, and that's what we do to really, for instance, um, give some to the people that are also co-hosts on the show. Uh, if someone needs like a new headset, we can buy it with that. Um, it's, it's basically thrown back in. We're actually going to save some of it to do for giveaways. Uh, we want to give away some shirts and stuff. And so we're going to use that money to do that. So, um, no, it's not just going into our pockets. Uh, we basically just take it and just kind of regurgitate it back into the show in some way, shape, or form. So, yeah, to answer your question, that's what we do with the Super Chat donations. Uh, Donald says you're a great host. Thank you very much. Very respectful and on point with your analysis. Your rebuttal. <laughs> well, if I convinced you, I didn't. That, that was not the intent, I swear. My intent, and I know what this is like because I've read it so many times on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com about people who get so emotional about this topic. I just wanted to be very neutral and just state both sides of the fence and say what, what I would do. Um, am I a Mike Tomlin guy? I, sure, I like Mike Tomlin. Uh, I like the hire in 2007, and I like the hire in 2019 still, but at the same time, there's room for improvement. I'll put it that way, big time. Uh, Shield ninety one super chat five dollars in the in the tip jar. We appreciate it. What's the likelihood they keep both Dobbs and Rudolph? Seems like Tomlin operates on a three man quarterback depth chart. I absolutely think they keep three. They kept three last year. Um, they kept three the year before that uh, when it was Landry Jones as the backup, and and um, they kept the rookie Joshua Dobbs as the third, who just never dressed on game day. Um, I fully expect them to keep three again. Would be stunned if they didn't. Uh, a lot of people are thinking that if Joshua Dobbs has a great preseason, maybe they could trade him because they have the the other quarterback, which I forget his name. If if Brian Davis was on this show, he would know it right, just like that, but he's not on the show. So um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they keep Dobbs, Rudolph, and Roethlisberger in the order. In my opinion, it's Roethlisberger, Rudolph, and Dobbs. We'll see. Um, uh, Steelers fan 19 says, Jeff, who do you think was better, Emmanuel Sanders or Juju Smith-Schuster? That's well. Are we talking Emmanuel Sanders with Pittsburgh or Emmanuel Sanders with Denver? Emmanuel Sanders with Pittsburgh, it's easy. Juju Smith-Schuster is better. Emmanuel Sanders with Denver, with a with a caveat there of Emmanuel Sanders in Denver with Peyton Manning, I would have to go with Emmanuel Sanders right now. But since they didn't play that much, I think Juju's future is very bright. I think that a lot of people from national media on down to the local media are scared to death that Juju Smith-Schuster can't handle being a number one receiver. Well, show, okay, how how can anyone gauge that? Because of a week 17 game against the Cincinnati Bengals that there was 
every intention to have Antonio Brown available to them to be the number one guy. And then hours before kickoff, that all changes. So people are basing this off of one game. Keenan Allen went on to FS1, and we wrote this article. Simon Chester wrote it for the website. Check it out. There's a video in there. And he talked about how in week 17, you know, he had a rude awakening. What? Come on. Give me a break. Give this kid a season. A season to see if he can do it. Not one game, and especially not one game where Antonio Brown was supposed to be the guy like he always was, and then he wasn't even available a few hours before kickoff. Give me a break, people. Give Juju Smith-Schuster a chance, and I'll tell you what, if I'm betting, I'm betting my money on him, period. He just seems like that kind of player. I'm taking my personal feelings about how he, I think he's a great human being. Out of it, I just think he's a great player. Um, Here we go. Felicia says, why do the Steelers always have the hardest schedule? Uh, She said, the NFL hates us. Believe it or not, Felicia, they don't have the most difficult schedule this season based on the fact that they're paired up against two very weak divisions, the AFC East. Yes, that does house the New England Patriots, but at the same time, it houses the New York Jets, the Miami Dolphins, and the Buffalo Bills, three very bad teams. Then it's also paired up against the NFC West, which although, yes, the Seahawks and the Rams are there, you also have the Cardinals and the 49ers who were very bad teams last year. So keep that in mind as well. So every year, and it changes, you know, because you look at a team like San Francisco, they were awful last year. Well, they also lost their quarterback, so next year they should be better. You can't think they would be much worse. So, uh, yeah, is it every every year is a tough schedule, Felicia, to be honest with you, but, you know, there you have it. Let's see here. Delvin Hodges. Ron, thank you. Delvin Hodges is the quarterback that's number four on the depth chart right now that I was talking about earlier. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. I wouldn't put any money on him. Vodka drinker, $10 in the tip jar. Appreciate it. An NFL coach is like a CEO of a company. You're only as good as the people you surround yourself with, and as far as replacing coaches, I'm cool with him. It's a good way of putting it. It's a good way of putting it. A CEO of a company, and and really are managing a lot of people. Some will then question maybe his selection of coaches. Um, No one's going to question how when he brought in Mike Munchak, but some might question why he's kept Danny Smith around so long. Some might not question Randy Feedner. Because he's he did a good job last year, but they might question why they, he kept Keith Butler. So yeah, I see the CEO comparison. I agree with you, but there are so if you're a CEO and you're in charge of who you surround yourself with, you know, there, there's some questionable decisions in there too. Keep that in mind. Thanks for the uh, tip, though. By the way, uh, let's see here. Um, Steelers fan again, Jeff. If you have to estimate a time frame, when do you think the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl again? I think they have a. I think as long as Ben Roethlisberger's healthy, I think as long as long as the defense is showing signs of improvement, this team has a chance to compete. Uh, like it was mentioned earlier in the live chat, they were they were a couple bad interceptions. They were a couple missed field goals away from being in the playoffs last year. I mean, honest. I mean, turnovers. And think about it. I mean, the Denver game. If Xavier Grimble doesn't fumble into the end zone, um, if James Conner doesn't fumble late in that game. Uh, in in week one, uh, if you know James Conner doesn't fumble in that game, if they call the the Sean Davis turnover on the punt where it hits Nick Chubb in the helmet and they don't call it, um, if that turnover happens, they they win that game. 
against the Saints if Juju doesn't fumble. And there's, I mean, I could go on with Boswell, but we all know what his trials and tribulations were like last year. This game is a has, is, success and failure is a very fine line, and the Steelers walked that line so tight in 2017 when they were 13 and three, and they walked the same line in 2018, and they fell on the wrong side of it too often. So I think this team can compete for a championship next year. There's nothing to tell me that they can't. Ben Roethlisberger, if everyone's worried about the offense, uh, he's made worse wide receivers look better than what he has now. So think back to like when it was Nate Washington and Cedric Wilson and, um, you know, all these all these guys have kind of like, who? who is this guy? One year he's thrown passes to Derek Moy. Uh, he still can make try. I think that Ben Roethlisberger makes receivers better. So I think they'll be just fine. Um, but yeah, Nightwolf says roadblock of the Patriots. I tell you this, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Last year was a step in the right direction, beating the Patriots at home. Week one is going to be crucial to me, not for the playoffs and all that stuff. Although yes, it's an AFC opponent. I, I get that. If they can go into Foxborough, and they can find a win that game in week one when all the attention in the world is on them on Sunday Night Football, when the Patriots are dropping their sixth Lombardi Trophy banner, their Super Bowl championship banner, if they could somehow go in and do what the Kansas City Chiefs did two years ago and beat the Patriots, that roadblock turns into just a small hurdle mentally. Now, I'm not saying that beating Bill Belichick and Tom Brady is easy. But the Steelers have faced them enough that the intimidation factor should be very low. They beat them last year. They proved to themselves that they can beat them. But if you do it in their place, on that stage, it's going to set this team up for some big things. That's all I'm saying. And if they lose that game, no one's no one's going to downplay it. No one's going to say that the season's over. Because I guarantee if you ask 100 Steeler fans to put down win or loss from week one this upcoming season, you ask 100, I guarantee at least 75% of those people put an L next to that game. Period. So in my opinion, the Steelers are playing with house money. No one's expecting you to win the game. So you go up there and you shock the world. And if you lose, oh well, move on to week two when Seattle comes to town. But ultimately, I'm going to say that if they can win that game, in Foxborough, that roadblock, like I said, becomes a small hurdle. That's just my own personal opinion. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Da, da, da. Uh, 39 ball and cookie says defense is in for a big year. I actually agree with that. I actually agree with that. I think that, um, I, I, th I think that, you know, we, we look at this defense so many times and we just see all we point out all the weaknesses, and it's funny because on, on the, if you've never checked out the article, uh, I do it every morning, seven days a week. The Black and Gold Links article, where I scour the internet, mainly sites, but I, I try to make behindthesteelcurtain.com your one-stop shop for Steelers news. And so if you go there at five thirty in the morning every weekday, and then on the weekend at six a.m you're going to see this article and it's going to have at least four other articles inside it that you can check out and read up on. We didn't write them. 
I'm promoting other sites work. And at the bottom, I always do my social media madness. And I found this Twitter feed called old time football. And I was watching some of these old clips of the 70s Steelers, which I wasn't alive for. My dad told me all these stories about him. And that defense was tremendous, but it, let's not pretend that it was like perfect. I'm watching the Cleveland Browns at the time, uh, Ken Anderson for the Bengals. And they were carving up that secondary at times. And that's with Mel Blunt and that's with Wagner and that's with, you know, at times Johnny shell. And, um, it, it's just, I guess I want people to understand that no defense is perfect. Even the early 2000 defenses of, you know, Casey Hanson, Aaron Smith, James Ferrier, James Harrison, Joey Porter, when he was there, Clark Hagans or Lamar Woodley, Larry foot. I could go on and on Troy Palomalu, Ryan Clark. They had their weaknesses. Look at their cornerbacks like Taylor. Everyone, again, has this modern-day view of Ike Taylor that he was some shutdown corner. He had a tremendous few seasons, but at the, at the same, this is the same guy that was benched. People forget he was benched at, at one point in his career because he was playing so poorly. And so they, every defense has their weaknesses. So I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have the best 3-4 defensive front in the National Football League with Hargrave, Hayward, and Tuitt. I like the depth that they have there now with Devin Bush on the inside. Uh, it's going to give them a lot of flexibility with how they run their defenses. TJ Watt, I think, is a budding superstar. My gosh, if Bud Dupree could just somehow wake up and smell the roses and start playing some really good football, this this defense could be really, really tough. Really, really tough if Steven Nelson can obviously step up in the back end as well. So there you go. Uh, Ron says, do you think that the front seven that I just named of this defense is best in the last seven years? The last seven years. Trying to think back seven years. It, it's tough for me to say yes or no based on the fact that I don't know what Devin Bush is going to look like. I have hopes for him. I have a mental image. Um, you know, I just think that it's going to be tough because I just don't know. No one knows. No one knows. I mean, this kid could come out and he could be flying around the field and just be a man possessed. He could also make a lot of rookie mistakes too and lead the defense vulnerable and out to dry. So we'll see how that goes. Um, here we go. A couple more questions here before we call it a show. Reed says, do you see Tyree kill getting suspended? I'm not touching that, man. I mean, that's up to the NFL. I haven't honestly been following that story. I followed it early on and then it took some twists and turns and haven't really kept up to date with it. So they don't play the chiefs in the regular season. They play them in the preseason, but not in the regular season. Anyways, let's see here. Okay, uh, someone really hates Belichick and the cheater The cheater tag. I get all that. Um, all right, so another question. Would you say that safety is the biggest weakness right now until they prove themselves? I it, To the Steelers' safety position, like Sean Davis, I give that, kid, that guy a ton of credit. And you think about his journey in the NFL. As a rookie, they had him as a slot cornerback. He played okay. Then they benched him and told him to focus on safety. Then he makes the transition to safety. So he plays there for the rest of the year, and then he goes in the second year, and he's at that safety position. And then in his third year, they draft another safety, and so he has to move to the other safety position. And the guy is so bright. He's super smart, a high football IQ. But a lot of the criticism, like, my gosh, this guy hasn't played in a position for more than two years in his entire career. I think he's going to settle in. Him and He and Edmonds 
playing an entire 16 games with each other last year is going to be beneficial into success in 2019. They're not going to be a Clark and Palomalu tandem, I don't believe, but I think you're going to see more plays made. Last year, everyone thought that Sean Davis had a down year. Don't think he wasn't having to kind of stay back a little bit because it was a rookie on the field next to him. With Edmonds having a year under his belt, He's able to understand the defense. He's understand where to go. Hopefully he reacts more and just plays naturally and isn't just always cautious. That when, I, when you go back and watch games from last year, you just saw that he hesitated. He didn't want to make a mistake. I understand it. I get it. I hope it's gone in year two, sophomore season. I hope he's out there just flying around making plays because that's when this defense could be really, really good and really, really nasty. Um, so there you go. Um, I think that the, I think the defense is going to be good. I think that the defense could be overall top five. Um, I think that uh, you know, hopefully they're a good scoring defense, good red zone, situational defense is huge. That's where it's at. So, uh, as a quick update for those that were here last week, uh, we have risen up the charts of the podcast that I talked about last year. If you, ha- if you haven't talked, listened to last week's episode, um, I mentioned that last week we were number seventh among all SB Nation podcasts. And that's not just the NFL. We do have 32 NFL podcasts. But we're talking Major League Baseball, NBA, Mixed Martial Arts, NHL, and NFL. All those smushed together. We were the seventh ranked podcast. Thanks to you all, we moved up one notch. We passed the Cowboys. That's what I'm talking about. We passed the Cowboys and we moved up to sixth. We're still not where we want to be. We want to keep going up. And so uh, by all means, I definitely hope that you all understand that everything that you all do, whether you're in the live chat and you're chatting it up with me and you're asking questions and you're interacting with other fans, uh, that's great. It does a lot for our site. It does a lot for our YouTube community, but it also does a a world of good when you share the show. And look, we all have Steeler fans that we know, whether you grew up in the Pittsburgh area or whether you live in another country and just love the Steelers, uh, share the show. You know, send a, a YouTube clip or point them to our podcast. Like this, these guys do five shows a week. Period. I mean, that's crazy. And we go work this all off season. There's no breaks because you guys want Steelers content, and we're going to provide it for you. So thank you very much for all of you that listen, that take the time. It's good to definitely talk to all these people um, that are diehards, just like us. That's what we are. We're fans, man. That's the best thing about being with SB Nation is that I don't have to hide my fanhood. You know, you listen to guys like Mark Caboli and stuff, and I feel like sometimes they're jaded on purpose because they don't want to be like what they call a fanboy. Like, I'm a fan. You're a fan. Let's talk about the team that we love, period. And that's what's great about this platform. So thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Oh, we got one last question coming in here before we go. Um, Thomas White says, Delvin Hodges, the quarterback, I forgot his name earlier. Um likely to unseat Dobbs as number three. He has the pedigree in terms of the stats, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know anything about Delvin Hodges other than the fact that he beat out um, how Brogan, Brogan, whatever Brogan's name was. Yeah. So uh, $2 in the tip chart. Thank you. Um, and a lot of people thanking me for taking the time. I, I, I actually enjoy this. I really do. Um, 
I do it late at night because of a family and I, they get to, the kids go to bed, but ultimately I enjoy it. And so I thank you all for this. Make sure you check out our Steelers preview show tomorrow night live here on YouTube, probably around nine or nine 30. That'll be myself, Brian Anthony Davis and David Schofield. Check it out. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Steelers burning question.